Hello and welcome to the first episode of Rival Talk. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, my adversary and co-host, Chris Eilenstein. Chris, we uh, we finally did it. This is a, we finally we did, the, did it. We did the pod. We have a pod together now. It's been a few weeks. Well, I think it's been longer than a few weeks in the making, but the real negotiations started a few weeks ago. But this has been a few months in the making. I think we we've been we've been thinking about it. We've been planning it. So, mm-hmm. um, for anyone who doesn't know us, uh, this is kind of an interesting podcast because I uh, am an OU grad and uh, Stein is currently at the University of Texas. So, um, <laughs> th- the reason why it's called Rival Talk. Two guys, totally different, uh, different opinions here. Uh, and then, if you want to really uh, go to another level, I'm from OKC. He's from Seattle. So the uh, I don't know the the, the rivalry is there. But <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, I'm guessing I'm I'm hoping that I think the majority of the things we're going to discuss here we'll probably be able to agree on at least, or we'll both find them interesting, and then we'll find we'll find some room for a little banter here and there. What do you think? Yeah, no, this isn't just going to be us arguing and bickering the whole time, but you know, like it'll be fun. You know, I think we get along on a lot of a lot of stuff with sports and you know, we're both pretty inter- interested in a lot of topics, so mm-hmm. I think this should be pretty good, but I agree. Um yeah, so how what's how's the uh how's everything going south of the Red River for you? Um well, Austin is deep in coronavirus. Well, not really, but uh, I keep getting my apartment emails about coronavirus, and I keep thinking, "Here's the one. This is it. Somebody's in our building. They're, we're doomed." But uh, they're still just taking precautions. <laughs> uh, I keep avoiding that email as of right now. But um, yeah, not much going on. Just uh, on the old job hunt, Bobby. What about you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, obvious. The corona thing hasn't hit Oklahoma really big. Uh, Tulsa just got theirs recently, so. <laughs> It's not. It's not like it's as bad as it is uh, in Texas, where San Antonio got a ton. Um, but yeah, it's just it's Oklahoma. You know, it's cold, kind of. But but you know, it's it's, it's really whatever. Flat. Oh, it's starting to get green, but it's still pretty brown. I'm not gonna lie, it's still pretty brown. But uh, I mean, great weekend for for the Thunder. Great weekend for the Sooners. Uh, pretty great weekend for uh, OSU. I don't give a shit about them though. So. <laughs> Uh, well, they helped us out actually, so I do care. They beat your uh, Longhorns, so mm. uh, yeah. Just... I have I've just been in a zone with uh, my LinkedIn connections and all that stuff. I haven't been able to view that many. Although Longhorn baseball is off to a great start, as is TCU, as is OU, who is probably the best of the three. Are we sure about that? TCU is looking like a wagon right now. I don't know, dude. OU is ranked tenth uh, in the Baseball America poll. They uh, yeah they took out LSU uh, in Houston took out um, Arkansas I believe they beat Dallas Baptist they they've been damn good which is uh, interesting because I mean OU is good at a lot of things but you never think of them as a baseball school I don't I've never heard their name at least for some time in baseball yeah no we won a College World Series but we've never been like we haven't been like a historically huge team like UT or TCU has recently. Uh, but I don't know. This year, the boys are getting it together in uh, Eldell. So Big I'm 12 to... usually very strong with the baseball, as is like the SEC. That's usually where the majority is. You always got to look out for like Baylor or Tech or TCU and OSU kind even of roaring back. What's that? OSU even? Yeah. 
so really, it's like it's going to be a deep, field. absolute <laughs> slugfest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, you know the 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 Big Twelve has a lot of issues, but I will say like the ten team structure really makes it interesting. Uh, I guess there are only nine in the in the Big Twelve for baseball. Iowa State doesn't have a baseball team. Interesting. Yeah, they were really they were so bad that they disbanded them. So, <laughs> so they just have a club team. It's really oh, it's sad, sad. but um, you know. I think it's we should be teased. I mean, we kind of teased this at the beginning, but uh, when y'all are listening, stay tuned for the end. There will be. I mean, we sound cordial now, but I think we will leave some time at the end. So don't you worry. There'll be some time at the end for some uh, orange and crimson kind of talk, some Red River talk, even yeah. though they're still. A long way out, but yeah, we're still in we're still in the in, in the peace times, <laughs> but it's it, it'll get intense. So, um, if I don't know if y'all are familiar with some of our some of uh, the shows I've previously done, uh, this one's a little different. We're going in uh, segments, you know, really breaking things down, looking at uh, things that are interesting in sports across the board. Um, we're gonna have some fun with it. So, yeah, let's let's really start into it. Um, kind of. Go straight into current events. So I guess, I mean, at least what I had, <laughs> all three of mine are kind of related to the coronavirus like I was just talking about because I guess that's kind of the big thing going on right now even though I kind of personally think it's a little overblown because of like when it's been compared to the flu. If you've seen those numbers that we're talking about, it's just it's been so overhyped even though uh, yes, it spreads super fast, but it just it doesn't have the same sort of uh, fatality rates as the flu. But anyways, um, yeah, let's not get too political in like minute ten. <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. <laughs> we'll we'll bring it full circle back to sports. But um, I guess my first thing was if you saw all uh, all the four main teams that are or the uh, leagues that are in season right now, they've shut down or limited access to media in their locker rooms as a precaution and uh going along those lines you see the lebron interview a few days where they were asking like oh would you play without fans or something he was like like hell no i'm not gonna play without fans like you're the reason i play and like <laughs> okay lebron just chill out you'll you will play i don't know what the hell you're talking about yeah i don't uh, know if anyone like you know brought about the context that it was about coronavirus they were just like talking about playing in an arena with no fans and he seemed kind of offended by it but i don't know if he understood the whole picture of it yeah i I really don't want want to see that happen um i I think fans add just just flat out ambiance they add noise you know even Mm -hmm. if it's not a packed house you know it just would feel awkward without it uh and i think the biggest example i can point to is that one game uh the orioles played a couple years ago in front of zero fans during the (laughs) uh, riots in baltimore um no one was allowed in and it was just (laughs) creepy weird as hell they're still playing music for some reason they still had <laughs> hot dog vendors walking around it made no sense i don't like it's it like a weird kind of ghost town thing but like there's just enough activity going on that it makes it almost weirder oh it's super eerie like i just i don't like that at all just if you do that just play in like a bat like a i don't know a practice gym make it yeah. make it more intimate you know you don't 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 give me the pomp and circumstance without the people to enjoy the pomp and circumstance. <laughs> well, that kind of uh, goes into um, my second current event. These are all related to coronavirus, but Italy has just suspended all their sporting events across the country. So the first part of this was that 
Italy had, I think, banned fans from attending, which, like we were just talking about, is a weird phenomenon in America, but because of the fact that, like, international soccer has such a problem with racism in their audience towards their players that from time to time they ban the fans from attending certain games or because, like, violence in some of those South America teams. Yeah. That playing some games with no fans is not is nothing new to those soccer players. So I guess it probably wasn't a big blow to Italy at first, but now they've just suspended all sporting events, and they're kind of in their weird little quarantine thing. People, like, aren't supposed to leave their towns and limited probably leaving their household. It's a strange time over there. Yeah, I mean, Italy, for for as much talk as everyone has had about the Asian countries, you know, China in particular, Italy has been hit hard just about as much as anyone. They're, it's been a mess over there. Um, really worried for the people out there. I know OU just recently closed their um, campus out in Arezzo and brought everyone home there. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, the whole thing's a mess. You're seeing planes with zero people on them on the way to Italy. Uh, going to Rome, it's just, it's it's really sad. Uh, but so I, I'm sure these people aren't super worried about sports. But I gotta say, like that that would be that is going to be weird. Um, and, and I'd like find, to. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was, I was just like, I, I was just oh. going to I was just going to note another another league. Uh, March Madness might not be played in front of fans. They're still trying to figure that out. I, that can't be that much worse than them playing in football stadiums where like the crowd doesn't have the same effect and everyone gets like freaked out with the dimensions of like shooting because it's in a it's in a football stadium versus an arena it just makes everything tougher but they're just trying to maximize that revenue but it doesn't really create a good atmosphere workout for anybody it's I, I went to that final four in 2016 it's the weirdest thing ever uh obviously i my opinion's jaded because we got killed <laughs> worst final four loss ever uh but yeah, no, I it's 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 a spectacle when you walk in, but you can't see the game very well. It's a, just a hassle for everyone involved, uh, and also, yeah, it really kills shooting teams. We beat Villanova that year by, by like twenty uh, in a, in a gym on, on, like in Pearl Harbor, <laughs> like seats like seats as many people as my private high school, and then like. We we play next time we play them in front of eighty thousand can't hit anything lowest scoring output of the year so <laughs> I'm firmly against basketball and football stadiums as a watching experience yeah. but it is a really cool thing to see for once. Well, it's really just turned into like I mean it's kind of a money grab for CBS and all the other people but it it really does kind of lower that experience and it ultimately like. You always probably got to take the under on those offensive performances when it comes down to the final four, just because like, like shooting part of that is just playing in those gyms and everything where you kind of already know the di- dimensions and you're used to shooting a certain way, and then you get into things where you're like the spatial ability is so different. <laughs> like, you yeah, just always take the under in those final fours. I feel like yeah, the under is a wagon on the final fours for sure. So okay, and last but not least, final coronavirus thing. This is too close to home. So Austin, um, I just saw this on an event calendar website as I was doing my internship work. Austin, the city of Austin has just officially shut down all large gatherings of 2,500 or more people, which is not a very big crowd. So it kind of makes me wonder how it's going to – it's obviously going to affect all UT stuff, the baseball games. I think the softball games, I'm sure, draw more than that. Um, 
basketball's kind of winding into tournament play, so they might not have any more going on there, but maybe concerts they have upcoming in Frank Irwin Center. Uh, they have, uh, what is it, Texas Relays is a huge thing. Huge hey, the, the NIT, the NIT's yeah. coming up. Shut up. But, <laughs> back to no, back. Texas, I'm pretty sure Texas was projected to be in the tournament. I could be wrong. but they, I believe they're on the bubble right now. The loss to OSU really screwed them up. They, mm-hmm. they need a good tournament. They need a good showing in the Big 12. But, but anyways, there's but, so many yeah. other big events going on. Texas Relays is one of the biggest track meets, I think, in the U.S. That's huge. And, I mean, I'm just not sure how they're going to how they're gonna handle it, but... Yeah, I was in town last year for the relays, uh, mm-hmm. not to watch them, but I was definitely there. And I mean, it's it, it it does bring a lot of people for sure. So was that when we hung out last year when the whole Indiana swim team came into the bar? Yep, and <laughs> yep, swarmed the two <laughs> girls in your group, and then we just decided oh. to peace out because there's all these like six foot five ripped dudes in like full like. <laughs> Full jumpsuits coming in. <laughs> yeah, I, Stein, you weren't winning that one. You can't. You can't be like, "Hey, look at these above-average quarterback hands." You know, <laughs> I, they, they can only take you so far. So. Hey, baby, you want to see these brains up here? As there's like a six-five swimmer over here. <laughs> hey, baby, you have any interest in marketing strategy for uh, for, for for frisbee golf? not frisbee golf it's ultimate frisbee ultimate frisbee sorry it's, it's still... okay i was there to see you bobby i wasn't there for them <laughs> yeah that's true that's true we're, we're, we're there to ha- hang out drink some beers and go down some slides <laughs> spin some captain wheels spin some captain wheels yeah exactly um, do you have any current events going on that you wanted to talk about um i mean i, I think everyone's been so soaked up in corona and stuff <laughs> right now it's just it's crazy um I don't know. I, I'm really just excited for this NCAA tournament coming up mm-hmm. more than anything. I, I know we touched on it before, but once it, that those those first two weeks and you know this conference championship run, it's just so fun to just dive all the way in on. Um, that's really the biggest thing I keep thinking about. So, uh, in terms of current events, that's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only thing where my mind's at. Yeah, um, for sure. So, all right, let's let's move on. Um, of course, with current events, there are also uh, current idiots, you know, people out here making mistakes, a bunch of dumb PR stuff. As a PR major, I hate to see it. Me too. But let's let's look at let's look at uh, and we like to call these people Aggies. I guess we're going to call this segment Aggie of the Week because while we are rivals, that's one thing we can't agree on: our mutual disdain for Texas A and M. So exactly, you you here's the thing. You can be an Aggie and not be a Texas A&M supporter. The Aggies are everywhere. You got you got the Sand Aggies in Lubbock. You got you know the you got the uh, just singular normal Aggies. You know in you know Texas Texas A&M. Uh, you know they're all over the place. So um, I don't know. Let's look at our Aggie of the week. Who made the biggest mistake? Stein, you uh, start us off. So uh, the one that stood out to me just because. Uh, I was getting ready to watch our Renegades games as we do for our other podcasts, but um, the subscribe N- to Raising Hell. <laughs> subscribe to Raising Hell, everybody. Uh, but it was the end of the Houston Seattle XFL game, and the game was the game was kind of out of hand, and yet uh, Seattle was down by nine, and because it is the XFL, that's a one score game. You can go for that three point. Um, and so Houston was using their kneel downs, but it was pretty clear that there would still be 
a little bit of time left on the clock, I think. They got a first down, so it was even more out of reach for Seattle. Uh, and then Houston kneels down on, f- I think it was fourth down or so, and they actually left two seconds on the clock, and it was very clear, like, the announcers were talking about it. I believe Grace, Greg Olson and them were on the call. They were very clearly talking about it. They were going back on the camera and reviewing it. It was very clear he had two seconds left. And yet everyone was just everyone just kind of pieced out. The game was over. The refs were just running down the tunnel, just leaving to the locker room, like not even looking at it. And, and of course, Jim Zorn being the just agreeable, non-confrontational guy that he <laughs> is and not the conservative guy that he is. He just didn't even make a point to talk to any of the refs about it. He just they just went went with it and I was like this is, this is very clearly a missed call. Just typical Seattle Seattle uh, beta male right there. Mm-hmm. You hate to see it. You really hate <laughs> to see it. Um, you wonder why people ask me where I'm from. They didn't assume I was from Seattle because I'm not like the others, Bobby. Yeah, no no no. You're you're from <laughs> Your, your roots are uh, more more in uh, you know Pullman. You know, you're, you're a man of the you're a man of the Palouse. <laughs> I'd hear about you. What what Aggie of the week do you have? Um, man, this isn't this isn't as much of an Aggie as it is just kind of an idiot. Uh, literally, just whoever it's the group of people who made the decision to switch the Rams logo to this disaster they just put out. What are you thinking? Look, I, I, I don't hate the logo in a vacuum, but the fact that it the the horn is so similar and jaggedy uh, that it looks like a Charger logo, it's 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 it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for mm-hmm. me. Um, hopefully this is just like a secondary logo. Uh, I don't know what it is with the Los Angeles teams and their attempts at rebranding, but they didn't um, need to do anything. I think that was the big point was like the nice, like white horn, normal Ram thing was fine. They already changed it from, if you knew in St. Louis, it had that kind of that darkish gold horn. Yeah. The Vegas and they gold changed it to the white. And I was like, okay, cool. That looks good. Like nice, clean white and blue. And then they make it look like the Internet Explorer logo. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, th- that's the thing is, uh, LA, I think they do need they they need new uniforms. I think a pivot to you know the yellow is probably. I, I think I would rather have the yellow than the white personally. The bright yellow mm-hmm. that they you know wore during the Eric Dickerson era. Um, those are the legendary uniforms that I remember um, my dad talking about and always wearing the alts on Madden. So um, that that's a, that's a good pivot. Pivoting to those colors that's good. But I, 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 what's wrong with the Ram head? He's fine. He looks great. You know, maybe nothing mix- wrong with the Ram head. He's been around for a while. Yeah, no, he's been around since the uh, since you know the Gray Show and Turf era. So yeah, I guess that's a good point because I mean they are moving into the new stadium uh, this fall, so it's you 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 know you got to as a the double PR and just overall communication guys that we that we are. You understand that whenever you have like a new stadium or a new quarterback, whenever you kind of feel that transition mode, it's always kind of good to pivot with something new, right? Like some kind of new uniforms or something to kind of show that, like, this is a brand new thing we're doing. We're transitioning away from the old times. So, I'm, you know, like the uniforms are good. So they have the new stadium. They're trying to 
really establish themselves, but making themselves look more like the Chargers logo, which is something nobody likes in LA. <laughs> like the Chargers, nobody likes. No, is not the Chargers the are the third most popular team in LA, and that's behind the Raiders. So, just what football. A, to be clear, just football. We're talking. Yeah, just football. Obviously. They might the, be last for everything the, else. <laughs> the Lakers are high and above everyone else. No one, everything else is seasonal or if they're good, they're into it. But the Lakers, they always are in on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Like bad, good, whatever. They don't care. That is a Laker town all the way through. For sure. Um, hell, I think, I, I think, I think you, they, they like USC more than the Chargers oh, even. I'm sure they like USC. They might even like UCLA more. <laughs> no, that might no, be no I, I wouldn't say that. You, nobody gets US, it. Okay, but for sure I would say USC is a lot more popular. There is so much more buzz going on at USC than the Chargers, I would say. Yeah, and with regards to UCLA, wow, that was a disaster. Um, I mean, we, we basically matched them at the Rose Bowl. When I saw that, so um, really cool experience for an OU fan. But either way, uh, so yeah, get your shit together, LA. You know, don't don't you're doing you're out here doing way too much. <laughs> Stick to what you know. It's like it actually reminded me. It's kind of similar to um, what was that when the Chargers were looking. They kind of just decided to stick to their own uniform. Do you remember what was that a couple years ago when they were going to rebrand their logo? And they had that, like, lightning bolt LA that looked like they just took the Dodgers logo and just zigzagged it to be, like, lightning bolts. It looked like Dodgers. a... Yeah, it looked like a... It looked like the Dodger logo, but with, like, a little pointy end instead of a, you know, blocky end. And it, it backfired. I mean, ultimately, they were just kind of stuck with their normal thing. So. Just, st- just stop trying to make different logos, LA teams. Just give it up. Unless they're... Yeah, LA, you're on hold. Um, but everyone else, you got you have to make it, like so different and rebranded that it's it doesn't look like you're just copying the team down the freeway from you exactly it's such a mess all right it's casino corner let's take a look at some of our best bets uh i am excited uh the state of illinois has just allowed sports gambling and i will be there this weekend what you, wait, what are you doing in Illinois this weekend? I'm going to Chicago for St. Patrick's. Uh, for a, oh. Yeah, Thomas's uh, bachelor party. Oh, thanks, Thomas. We were on the same podcast. I'm glad <laughs> I was invited to that. Got to invite the pod buddies. <laughs> so, Bobby's just going to fall into the Green River. <laughs> Don't, do not speak that into existence, please. <laughs> I mean, but, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it when they put 40 pounds of dye in there. <laughs> Just green. I'll just. I'll be green man. <laughs> if, if they ask me why I'm dyed green, I'll be like, hey, you know, when I come, come in to work on Monday, I'm like, hey, I'm just. It's my paycom spirit. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> anyways, Stein, what's what bet are you looking at uh, right now? What, what what looks like a good uh, tasty treat for you here? Um, I mean, I'm just kind of. I was looking at three NBA games. I w- would not say I'm an NBA expert at all, but based off of. When I was on Bovada, they don't give you a lot of advance in what you're looking at, so I couldn't look at XFL games, and we're not in the NFL season, which I would be able to bet a, a lot better. Um, so I guess I was looking at the Indiana Pacers against the Celtics, and you know I was looking at the Pacers to potentially cover or even grab the money line. I believe I'd have to look at it, but I think their money line or was only 
one and a half, or it was it was something pretty low. The Celtics have lost two in a row, and the Pacers are a good team. They're like a fifth seed, right? Something like a, that. Yeah, Indiana. Yeah, it's a three seed Celtics, so it's 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 up there. It's it's not it's something you could bet. Um, Boston's been a big big mess this season, I think, mm-hmm. uh, as we saw. I'll, I'll get to that point later. Keep talking. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, so and then I was gonna take. So Denver is also another good team. I believe they're a three seed in the West. I saw that they were plus six against the Bucks, and I was thinking, hmm, the Bucks have also lost two in a row. Maybe they cover the plus six. Probably, I would say the Bucks uh, recover, but LeBron James just dominated them and had his way with them eventually. So I would say they at least cover plus six. Maybe they're still reeling. It's a really good Nuggets team. I don't know if you have any opinion on that. Well, this game is going on right now. So <laughs> uh, the Denver Nuggets are currently <laughs> are currently up eight. Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, Giannis, has been, Giannis has been hurt. So Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, Stein was really locked in on that one. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Should have bet that. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot he was injured. I hope y'all are enjoying these gambling picks uh, <laughs> that are several days late. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, uh, that's my bad. I'm sure some of these. I think all of these are going on tonight. Old, old stale Steins gambling picks. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus! Okay, wait. Well, okay. Um, you you find something that uh, the people oh, wait, can no, actually wait, put wait, money. On. I have another one. I have one that's tomorrow. I have one that's tomorrow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my third one is uh, the Orlando Magic at the Memphis Grizzlies, and. I would consider alternate lines for this one. Uh, Memphis is fighting to keep New Orleans away. New Orleans is kind of getting hot. They're, New Orleans is in ninth right now, and Zion. there's all this buzz about Zion, and they're kind of starting to get hot. They're on a winning streak. And so I think Memphis might be um, motivated to keep New Orleans away. So I would consider uh, it was Memphis, it looks like minus two, but I would take maybe an alternate line, maybe they win by more. I would take a higher spread potentially. Um just because they have a lot on the line being the 8th seed and trying to stay in playoff contention. Yeah, that uh which when is this going to be? That's tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Tomorrow night. Okay, so yeah, that's a, I mean that's a massive one right there. Uh that 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 run for the 8th seed has been intense. Um poor Memphis has been holding on for dear life. Um, what do you the, the the Memphis Magic game? You mean? Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 I was mixed up. Also, okay. To be fair, the Celtics Pacers game is also tomorrow night at six p.m. So the, really, the only one that's the stale pick was the Nuggets <laughs> beating up on the Bucks right now because Giannis is hurt. I forgot about that. Okay, but I'm not wrong. Yeah, I'm not wrong. That you're not wrong. I, I was I was looking for a Memphis Pelicans game. I was mixed up. Um, okay, I'll go with my pick. I just have one. Um, Kansas State plus one and a half in the opener against TCU. Uh, Jim Dixon doesn't care. He's done. He's gone. Boo. That man lights on. Nobody's home. Jamie Dixon, uh, his job. He lost his job against Oklahoma uh, a couple yeah, nights they were ago up by twenty. That's bad. Up twenty, and you let Austin Reeves, who has been trash all season, drop forty-one on you, your ass. 
shut the program down. You just time to move Desmond on. Desmond Bain can only like pull the trash for so long by himself. <laughs> I mean, really, it's it, it's just time. To, it's time to reset. Time to move on. And this Kansas State team, they've had a crap year, but they're gonna have uh, the home. They're gonna have the home crowd boost behind them. You know, just a couple hours outside of Manhattan. I think they get the win in round one. Um, you really think Jimmy? Jimmy I think, Dixon's done. I think he either he's either fired or resigned. I don't see him at uh, TCU though. So, yeah, but like, how? I don't know. How high is the bar at TCU for basketball? You know, like he's kind of pulled it out of the depths a little bit, and they've they've stalled out. I'll agree to that. But there can't be that high expectations for. It's not a basketball school. No, I mean you can still do great things at a non basketball school. I I, I think. At times, Long Kruger's done really well at OU, you know, making the Final Four and, you know, going on some good runs. But, you know, I, I think, I think with the location of where TCU is, I think they could, I think they could have done a little better than, uh, than what they have done. It's it's a little unfortunate, but, oh well. Uh, it's also a tough conference, though. So. Big Twelve is one of the better ones. So anyway, it's ruthless. It's ruthless. You have to play Kansas twice. <laughs> you have to play Iowa State twice. It, it, it's so hard to win in. Now you have the it's highlight neon grinder. highlighters. Baylor are good. Like Texas, Texas was good last year. Texas yeah. Tech made a Final Four, which is one of the weirdest things I've ever <laughs> seen. Um, okay, moving on. Game of the week. Focusing on what we think is the uh, game this week that we're most interested in. You want to go um, first for this one, Bobby? I'm going to go first, okay, and perfect. it's not even technically a game yet, but it's going to happen. Uh, the Kansas-Baylor Big 12 Championship uh, in this tournament is going to be great. I'm excited for it. Uh, both of those teams are far and above better than everyone else in the entire Big 12. Agreed. It, it's, it's been them, and then just a pile of mediocrity with OU somehow floating to the top of it. Um, well, West Virginia is kind of in there, but like even I, OU beat West Virginia by ten. Was leading. We, we've 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 kicked their ass twice. So I'm not even really super sure on them. Mm-hmm. We're still going to somehow lose to them on Thursday. It's going <laughs> to happen. I just already know it. Um, but yeah, no, West Virginia has been iffy. Texas Tech has fallen off the like just horribly at the end yeah for real um a really weak iowa state team uh, uncharacteristic for them and even kansas state you know who won the big 12 last year completely fell off last in the uh, conference now so um it's been a weird year for ou or for uh, big 12 basketball to say the least but uh, easily the two bright uh best teams in the big 12 kansas baylor I am looking forward to uh, the rubber match there. Neither team won at home this this uh, this period, so I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see if Kansas can can uh, win their second home game. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess kind of kind of going off what you were saying, mine Stein's game of the week is going to be uh, Texas versus Texas Tech in the Big Twelve tournament. That is in two days on Thursday. And I guess just the reason I picked this was it's similar to what you were saying. You know, you have KU and Baylor are just in a class of their own. And then below them you have, what is that, four teams with the same conference record, 9-9. Nine and nine. So I think yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not as much of an expert on how they pick people for the tournament or how that goes. But I assume, like, 
there's a lot of wiggle room in there because there's four teams with the same conference record. So you have OU, Texas, Texas Tech, and West Virginia are all nine and nine in conference. So there's going to be some kind of you know moving and shaking going on in there. And so I think Texas has an opportunity here, especially because they've been such a mediocre team throughout the year that if they somehow at least to start be a Texas Tech team that I at least assumed was going to be pretty good this year based on their performance last year. Um, and then they have they were ranked so high, and then they've had these losses throughout the year. They've lost, I think, their last... Well, they've had kind of a bad stretch in there, but um, certainly not up to expectations of what we all thought they were going to be. So I think uh, if Texas can at least start by getting this game out of the way on Thursday, and then um, we'll see kind of what goes on with that third spot in there. Yeah, it's it's a mess. So look, look, this is how much of a mess it was. Going into Saturday's game uh, against TCU, OU, if they won, would end up in the third seed. If they lost, they'd end up seventh and would have to play on Wednesday, which nobody wants to do. It, winning in a multi-day tournament is hard enough. Mm-hmm. Having an extra day, even worse. So... It was. It's been the definition of a logjam. Uh, Texas has been a weird team. Uh, we've seen a lot of the good. You know, they made a. They won five straight games up until their puzzling loss to Oklahoma State <laughs> in Austin. Um, so they, the Shaka Smart's team. It's showing some life. T- uh, Texas Tech, however, that team really misses Jarrett Culver a lot from last year's run. But Chris Beard's a great coach, so I'm looking. That'll be a good one. That's a uh, that's the I certainly n- do not root for tech on this podcast. Tech's canceled. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big tech guy either. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that, love well, Texas had canceled. Well, here's the thing that's great about that. That's the I'm bored at work. I need to watch a basketball game. Game. <laughs> so that one tips off around like noonish, which is just yeah. You know, that's always awesome having real sports on during the day. So she's gonna be in the paycom office, and then she's gonna jump up from his seat and scream. <laughs> oh, last God. minute buzzer. <laughs> uh, no comment. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Seriously, seriously. Um, that's this is this type of game is one of the reasons why I love tournament time. You know, getting something like that uh, with the addition of you know Big East and ACC and all that going on all at once. It's it's perfect. So I'm looking forward to that. So, um, all right. So I guess we're moving on to the main topic of the podcast we're going to do what did we learn from the combine so we're going to go into a little bit of uh any standout performances anybody we thought were disappointing and then um moving on from there we're going to go into some of the free agents and final thoughts about it so uh i guess one of the funniest things not from the combine but kind of the leading up to the combine was the whole hand size argument (laughs) i guess like we saw that Jake Fromm had very tiny hands, and then Fromm has a lot more issues in his hands. True, yeah. But then we also got into Joe Burrow having only nine-inch hands, which humble brag, I have nine and a half. So <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Bleep that out. Anyways, um, like like nine-inch hands doesn't. Like it overrides what we see, what we saw from him this year. I don't know why people are so low on him. I think he's going to be great. I actually like him a lot more than Tua. That's just me. But uh, did you have anybody you thought or any p- 
position groups you thought were the standout performances for you? Um, well, I, I mean, I, I've never been a huge combine guy. I think, honestly, uh, one of the biggest things you gotta obviously the combine can help, but I think you know actually getting into camp and improving is more important. But easily the biggest winner for me has to be Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker out of Clemson. That man is a <laughs> is a bad bad dude. His yeah. his his four three nine forty with was remarkable, but everything else he did was just just shocking. The man's a freak of nature, and then you look at. I, I can't even. I don't remember the metric. I don't remember where I found it, but it was how they were how they graded him based on position, and pretty much anywhere on the field you put him, he was like at least a ninety. <laughs> like even at a, at wideout, even at like O line, it was crazy. Yeah, that's what um, the New York Giants interviewed him. I don't remember if I was talking to you about this, but. They were like, "What position do you play?" And he just goes, "I play defense." <laughs> yeah, I, he's kind of got a Jabril Jabril Peppers quality to him. Like you can slide him in at maybe a safety position. He thrives at linebacker. Put him in a lot of places. Yeah, for sure. I I think he definitely slid up a lot of draft boards. He's gonna earn himself a lot of money. That guy to me is a top five pick. Uh, also, shout out to my guy, Big Canada uh, Neville Gallimore had a great great. Uh, Combine, you know, ran, ran a four seven nine forty. That's pretty great. So good for him. You know, uh, OU has kind of lacked on the defensive line uh, in terms of getting draft picks. The last one, big one I can think of was Gerald McCoy, although um, in terms of studs. But um, you know, Jordan Phillips has been pretty all right as well. So, I, I not to bore all the uh, non OU fans uh, listening to the pod, but. It was a good one. It, that, that was really good to see. So good for Neville. Um, and yeah, that's that's really who I have right now. But obviously, plenty of really good performances. Uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna take a little bit of a different. I mean, Isaiah Simmons was it Isaiah Simmons? He was he was incredible. That was that was one of the better combine performances we saw. But um, I kind of want to focus on. The offensive line, and also, I mean, Neville Gallimore, is it? He was yeah. kind of in there, too. Just the offensive line and defensive line, like, where we are in this day and age, that, like, um, Tristan Wirfs, the offensive lineman from Iowa, who is, he ran a five, no, he ran a four eight five, and he's 320 pounds, and then that other lineman, who was, like, 360-something pounds and ran a five one. Just the straight up freakish athleticism from these offensive linemen in today's day and age, like, and I I think the the forty and then maybe one of the agility like a three cone shuffle or one of those is a really good metric at least for, I think in today's day and age you got to have offensive linemen that are more athletic, and can pass protect more than just the straight up I'm gonna push you down the field in the run, blocking I think being able to move side to side and stay with and especially with mobile quarterbacks they're going to be moving outside of the pocket having those linemen that can slide outside as well is huge so just props to all these guys for and Tristan Wirfs I'm just looking at it right now a 36 and a half inch vertical a 10 foot one broad jump it's it's insane at 320 pounds yeah someone that big should not be able to move that way it's it's freakish and amazing he wasn't even the fastest there was some people that were running four sevens as like tackles and that just it blows my mind 
Yeah. Um, they were – yeah, they were all just – I think the offensive linemen more than anything, more than the wide receivers or anything, that was truly the, like – the mind mind blowing performances that we saw. Yeah, because I mean, you can see four twos all all you want, you know, from these wide receivers. It, it's yeah, it's impressive. But seeing seeing size like that move and athleticism like that, that is the most intriguing thing to me. It's something new, something exciting. Um, also, shout out Jonathan Taylor, another a mm-hmm. great performance for him. That guy's going to be a great back. Um, yeah. So I know I know it's not really a running back league, but I I like him a lot. Um, but um, I guess oh the thing with running backs I was looking at a Pro Football Focus uh, I think it was a post on LinkedIn, but the more important thing than the forty yard dash is looking I think their uh, what is it their WAR some statistic where it was like the WAR or something, but it was like their three cone shuffle or just any agility drill is way more applicable to how well they're going to perform in the league than their 40-yard dash, which, I mean, it makes sense because they're, you know, they're not, how often are they taking off all the way down the field in the NFL? We're looking more at the four to five-yard runs most of the time, so their ability to step outside or step into their hole and get up to that four or five yards, which is that if you can just average four to five yards in the NFL, then you're doing some really well. Yeah, but definitely, definitely. Jonathan Taylor, amazing. I agree. For sure. Uh, here's a question. Would you rather, if you had a chance to draft a, a wide receiver, you have to pick one, would mm-hmm. you rather go with uh, C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy? How tall is Jerry Judy? Like six foot? I think they're... I don't... I, C.D. Lamb's the bigger one, I think. I think... What is he, like six three? Uh, Let me... That's a good question. I, I, I know Lamb definitely has size. Six mm-hmm. two for C.D. Uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, I, I tell you this, CD. Yeah, okay. J- Judy's only an inch shorter. Uh, at six one, so uh-huh. they're. I think they're very similar player. Uh, you know, great, great wide receivers. I just like Lamb's athleticism, and as I, I don't don't mean to make this a, a mini OU pod, but uh, <laughs> like like I do with most of the Renegades ones. But uh, his athleticism is bar none impressive. His that one catch he had on the sideline was great. So I, I would say, um, my, I think the big thing I would take. I I'm looking. I'm not sure. I maybe would take Judy just because, from what I know and from what I've watched, I think he's probably maybe a better route runner than C.D. Lamb. I it seems like C.D. Lamb at least in that Kyler Murray, slash, uh, Jalen Hurts thing is like, you throw it up. And CD Lamb, you know, was very strong on the ball last year. He'd go up, snag that ball, and then people were just bouncing off of him, and he'd take off to the end zone. Uh, I haven't done a lot of like film on them, but I'd be interested to see. It seems like Jerry Judy might be able to run a more variety of routes and maybe stop and go better on those routes, which is something that's very crucial to the NFL. Judy is much more of a burner than CD is. Mm-hmm. CD, like like you said, it's a lot of get the ball, and then do your work in the yards after the catch. Um, but Judy, that, that dude's a burner. He is he just kills some of the best defensive backs in the league over and over and over again. So really it's 
I think it just depends on what team you have, what wide receivers you have around them, which I know is a cop-out answer, <laughs> but I think both of these guys are going to be big time for uh, years to come. Yeah, just I whoever you pick, I think the just the biggest part about picking a wide receiver for the NFL is just how well they're going to run their routes, how they're going to stop and um, accelerate to their spot. Just that sort of thing is a lot more important in the NFL instead of college. You see a lot of like, I'm just going to throw to you because you know our players are much better than yours. We're just going to throw it up. You're going to get it, and if you have some open space, you're just going to take it for a touchdown. That's a lot of what college is now. And the NFL, you just have to accept those uh, those smaller pass plays, those smaller yardage. So it's a lot more about how can I create that open space within those smaller pass routes, which I think is a lot of just uh, route running and turning and finding the open space within those smaller yardage areas. Yeah. Now, I know I talked about OU a lot, a lot of our guys. Any particular Longhorns you were impressed with? or? Um, so I was happy that... Devin DuVernay is known as a burner, and he's not like it wasn't like a super burning performance. But I was happy to see the four four flat. At least I was like, whew, like okay, like he he's fast enough, right? Because he's he's six foot, and he's so he's not super big, but he's pretty strong, um, and that's fast enough, I believe. And then uh, Malcolm Roach, I was not happy with the bench press. I'll make that clear. The, the 20 reps on bench press I was not happy with because that's a super low number for him being 300 pounds. That's tough. But Yeah, but he did run that 4.8 or so, something like that, or 4.8 or 4.9, something where I was like, okay, that's that's pretty fast for you know, a 300-pound defensive lineman. I've always been curious why they, they always put Malcolm Roach as a defensive end, and I didn't think he was quite built for that. I thought he was built more as a tackle. So maybe he shifts over to a tackle, but still his forty time was good. The bench press that's gonna need some work because twenty reps is like a light tight end. I saw you know like Shewo, the TCU running back at twenty five. That that punter for Arizona State at twenty five. Like you can't have twenty as a defensive lineman. But um, yeah, I think those were my two. I was definitely happy. Shewo was very strong for TCU on the bench and everything. Yeah, and. I know you um, kind of meant. I know you kind of feel this because I saw this in the notes. But um, disappointing performance from Jalen Rager, and I. It's just the fact that uh, when someone hypes something up so much, this also goes for Rugs too. When he was running his forty, and the fact that it was hyped up so much that Rugs was going to beat the four two two record from John Ross, and then he runs a four two eight or four two seven. Yes, it's fast. I'm not saying it's not fast. But if there's, like, talk that they're going to break a record, I want to see it. Like, right? You know? Like, and that goes for Jalen Rager, too. There was so much talk about, like, oh, man, he's a burner. He's 4-2. Like, he's going to – him and Ruggs are going to go at it. And then he runs a 4-4-7. And I was like, were you, did he not train enough? Like, what was that? And – you know, it's not. We're not supposed to fall in love with the combine. We're supposed to, supposed to watch the film. But I would just rather see you not hype it up that much. You know. And I'll say this about Rager too. Uh, honestly, I I'd followed him. You know, since he was uh, a recruit, OU had a commit from him. So I expected a lot of big things from him. I I what say disappointing would be a little probably too harsh. 
I thought we were going to see an absolute, absolute superstar. And I know partially some of that's not getting a great quarterback, really. But he never really stunned me in his time at TCU. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm not going to say he didn't stun because there were moments when he just took off and everything. And that's why I honestly thought that uh, we were going to see that 4-2 because everything I saw from his games was that, like, yeah, he is that much faster than everybody else. But did, I don't know. There was just a moment where I was like, oh, man, that's kind of – it was like when Trayvon Boykin, who disavowed because he has three more years in jail now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but when he, you know, when he was at, he was invited to the combine and then he ran like a four eight something, and you were like, man, that's like that's not the Trayvon I know. Like he was so slippery and like avoiding people, and he would run a lot. And I was like, sometimes there's that moment when you're like, what was I watching? Like was he really not as fast or something? I don't know. I I still have faith in Jalen Rager and what he's gonna do. Um, but four four seven, that's. It's kind of an average wide receiver time. Yeah, and there's still time, you know. Got to get better by the pro day, you know. Hopefully mm-hmm. that can, hopefully that can help. So, um, yeah. So, any last thoughts on the combine before we kind of pivot to uh, some of the stuff about um, kind of some of the some of the free agency stuff that's been floating around with some major quarterbacks. Um, I, you know, I was just curious if you, was there anybody you saw that stood out? Uh, I guess I was looking at Mel Kuyper's 2.0 mock draft as he, as he does his decimals and he keeps editing it repeatedly. Um, do you think you're, we're going to see any big shakeups in the top 10? Uh, I, my guess is that the only thing I'm looking at right now is that maybe Tua goes number three to the Lions. I didn't realize Miami was only five, but there might be a situation where Miami gets Justin Herbert and Tua goes number three. Uh, I don't see any... I don't know. Like, the Redskins are number two, and I don't see them picking a quarterback. I think they should, you know, stick... um, Chase Young? Yeah. Wait, yeah, I think they should stick with Chase Young. Why am I blanking on... Dwayne Haskins. I think they should stick with him... He was only a rookie. Like, give him some time to develop. Give them a nice pass rusher, and I I don't see a reason why Joe Burrow would not go number one. Do you need, do you see anything from the top ten? The the only reason I Burrow's going to go number one. The only question with Burrow is 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 he going to go to Cincinnati? I know I've heard some rumblings about uh, him possibly not wanting to go there because of the organization. Uh, May, I know TJ Hushmanzad is in his camp. He had a really bad experience with them. So it's not a matter of if, if he goes first or not. Uh, I, to me, it, it's a matter of if he's a Bengal. Um, I think it's too early to tell, but uh, that's that I think would be the biggest shift of any. Uh, if the Bengals were to you know trade down if, you know... They if, were they, a, if they like heard rumblings that he wouldn't accept and go, or if Burrow was just like, "I'm not going to do it," if he flat yeah. out, if he pulled a Manning and flat out refused, you know. I mean, he I I wouldn't blame him if he did that because the Bengals are a dysfunctional organization. But I kind of trust him when he was saying he's not going to do that. You know, I, he seems like the kind of guy who would stick by it, especially because he's from Ohio. Like at least give it a shot. Um, yeah, I, I could see. I, I think it's probably a little overblown. I think was, he's going to end up doing it, but that's that's really the only big shakeup I I can see right now. Um, I'm always really bad about telling if things happen. There always is some team trading down, trading up, but 
Well, and it seems like it, it always happens, like, the days of the draft, like, shit just stuff just gets changed orders get moved around people are just making deals um on mel kyperson you might be interested uh number 11 the jets he has the jets taking cd lamb and then number 12 jerry judy going to vegas with the raiders so they are right there i think in that discussion about you know i don't know what the order but people are holding them in kind of a similar regard both those teams clearly just need like some offensive weapons yeah Um, i've heard a lot of um debate between judy and cd with the cardinals uh and Hmm. obviously i would love to see uh cd and kyler back together um but uh yeah (laughs) i I don't know at least in this one uh cardinals have the eighth pick they have them taking uh tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle that we were just discussing like he's having an amazing combine just a freak athlete which makes sense the cardinals do need offensive line help like Kyler can run, but like there's no sense in making him just take useless hits, right? Like protect yeah. him in some way. No, uh, agreed. And that was one of the things that was really annoying about, really annoying about watching both Kyler and Baker. They both have no offensive line at all. It's awful. Well, the Browns um, gave their, um, I don't remember who it was, but they gave away some of their better, like their only people they had left after uh, Joe Thomas retired. They gave them away to the Giants for almost like nothing in return. So Idiots. they were just left with just a, one of the probably a bottom five offensive line. And Baker does not have the athleticism that Kyler Murray does. So that was definitely tough for him. Yeah, it, it's it's a disaster. I think that – and not to make excuses for Baker, uh, but I think that is an issue. Uh, so they need to get a guy like Trent Williams in there, I think, um, who would be I, – I think he would be a solid addition. Uh, anyways, want to move on to some free agency talk? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Cool. So, obviously the big one, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Is he going to leave the Patriots? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I Like, I would give it... I, I have to think that, like, he would stay. At least my majority has to say that he would stay. Going back to that Mel Kuyper uh, draft that I've been looking through, he actually has the Patriots taking... Um, Jacob Eason from UW, which is interesting. That's an interesting move. Like, if they do take that, that probably means they're about done with Brady, if not just one more year. Uh, but I don't know how it hurts his legacy if he leaves. I'm not sure where the best place for him would be. It's kind of tough because I think some of the better places would be the Cowboys or the Titans, but um, there were rumors that the Cowboys were offering Dak the $33 million a year. Which is an interesting number and higher that's than horrible. I would go. That's but... horrible. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. I'll just say it right now. That's that would be a, <laughs> an awful move for Dallas. Uh, Dax, I think he's a solid player, but he, these contract demands are laughable. Uh, yeah. I'd much rather take Brady for a shorter contract. You know, maybe pay him a little bit more, but you're not stuck with like ten million years of Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think the so the big thing with Brady is you have to look at. Um, I think well, I've been watching some Colin Cowherd about it, but the big thing is like, how is his brand gonna change? Or like, he has to go to a place that's a good match for him, which is why the Cowboys are the Titans are a little more low key, not much of a brand, but the Cowboys have that glamour brand kind of that would play in well. But oh, it'd be huge! Oh my yeah. gosh, imagine but, imagine the type of hype for Tom Brady in <laughs> Dallas. I don't think insane. I I don't think I could handle it. But uh, like the Raiders are kind of tough because yeah, Vegas is kind of. 
it's glamorous, but the the Raiders brand is not necessarily Tom Brady's brand, if you know what I mean. And they don't have the Raiders don't have a lot of other pieces besides that. <laughs> Go for Bless it. You. Yeah, I can cut. I can cut like my parts. It's a lot easier. Um, oh, versus um, versus the Cowboys have all the pieces in place, which is which is actually why I'm usually hard on Dak Prescott is because. They have drafted so well in the past few years, and they have so many pieces that they're going to have to pay soon. So this is the time to do it, and he still has not been able to take them above and beyond to that next level with one of the best offensive lines, one of the best running backs, a couple good defensive line pieces, the best young uh, linebacker duo. Like They have a lot there. They just have to fix up their secondary a little bit and maybe give him another weapon which Amari Cooper's a free agent too so that's another thing to discuss but yeah I've never been high on Dak Prescott even though he's listed on NFL.com as the number one free agent to look at but he just hasn't taken him to that level uh, mm-hmm. honestly um not not since that one run you know that 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 first initial run when Romo went out he hasn't he hasn't gone back to that level I think um and you know, I, I don't know how you can justify paying someone like that $33 million. That's just too much. Um, so going off of that, uh, number two they have here is Amari Cooper, which I personally, I think Dallas better lock him down because I can't even imagine what their offense, their offense started really hot and then struggled for quite a bit. Can you imagine what they're going to look like? With no Amari Cooper, where they just have um, was it Randall Cobb? Right. Just and then Ra- yeah, Randall Cobb and do they still have Miles Austin? No, 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 no. It's like, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. I don't think is Jason Witten coming back. <laughs> like, <laughs> is they, he? They they won't have a lot. Just please, as long as he does, he stays away from uh, the booth, I'm okay. So it's looking more and more like he's going to stay away from the booth, but uh, just not. I mean, Amari Cooper, I think, is one of the the stats show once they picked him up it helped tremendously and not having him there is really going to expose Dak in my opinion yeah no agreed and I think it says something about him when they've had uh so many good uh receivers you know like you said Mm -hmm. Cooper uh Michael Gallup as well with Randall Cobb and Tavon Austin like that's a pretty solid you know receiving core and I I don't know I, I I think I think you definitely have to lock down Amari Cooper, especially after what you gave up for him, you know, yeah. to, to get him. But I don't know. I, I think you need a quarterback to go with a, a quarterback that can really make that impact to go with it. And I think financially, it makes no sense to pay Dak that money. Let him walk. Let him. Let some other dumb team take take him. <laughs> I and yeah, going off of that, I think probably the biggest thing we're looking at in the free agency period is is probably the quarterbacks. I mean, there's a lot of defensive... There's a lot of other players which they'll float around like always, but we see kind of a big shakeup this year that we haven't seen in a little while with uh, Philip Rivers is kind of up in the air. Um, Jameis Winston might be up in the air. They, you know, Bruce Arians was saying the other day that like he's... This is kind of it. If he can't get to him now with the, the 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, like there's no getting to him to fix him. They're gonna have to let him walk. And Philip Rivers, they've mutually agreed to part ways with the LA Chargers, so uh, I'm not really sure where he's gonna go. Tannehill's listed on here, but I there's no question. I think they have to. Tennessee, at least for right now, has to at least lock him down. 
for this year or something, maybe in the next two years, think about drafting. Assuming if they don't like, if they don't get Brady or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Assuming, yeah, assuming they don't get Brady. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I, I was impressed with Tannehill. Um, it's hard to tell if some of these guys are just flashes in the pan or if they're legit. Um, or did Miami just kill his spirit? <laughs> as a, they do, as they do with everything. <laughs> everything they touch just immediately goes to shit. Yeah. Um, who knows? I don't know. I think they'll be interesting, but um, Jadavian Clowney is kind of interesting because he's for, the Seahawks are for sure letting him walk because he wants an, a, probably a stupid amount of money, and he said he wanted to play for contenders. Um, oh, that's what Melvin Gordon's walking. They just signed the Ch- LA yeah. Chargers just signed Austin Eckler, which I assume they offered him six million a year, something like that. Which I assume Melvin Gordon's going to be. He's going to be high priced, but I'm not 100% sure he's worth it, especially the value of running backs is going down and the league's kind of the league's moving towards interchangeable running backs that just get the job done is enough analytically to move your offense forward. They just don't have the same value that they did, so having a a super high priced feature back is probably not the move, so I think the Chargers are going to let him walk as well. Agreed. Yeah, no, I like that is that's definitely the you don't pay running backs. Stop paying running backs. <laughs> I mean, I, Zeke. I get that he's a genera- generational talent, but Melvin Gordon wasn't even that that impressive when he came back after his his weight. No, we, uh, and that's what, Le'Veon Bell also not impressive. They just they're they're too they're too injury prone. Just not it's just not worth it. No, I think it's much better to have a stable of a couple running backs that you can switch in and out and that way you lower their injury but you make sure their production's kind of similar and it it's obvious to say but they have to be able to catch the ball nowadays um and so i yeah i'm not a fan of i think we need to go back to not drafting running backs in the first round i'm sure jonathan taylor's going to go in the first round but they shouldn't they shouldn't whoever drafts him should not draft him i was really pissed when the seahawks took rashad penny in the first round he's just been a disaster he sucked Especially because the only other running back taken in the draft before him was um, Saquon Barkley, I think. I think it was that draft. So I think everyone else was available, and they decided to pick him in the first round. They could have had Sony Michelle or just anybody, Nick Chubb, anybody, and they picked Rashad Petty out of San Diego State. So, yeah, running backs are a tough subject for me right now. but For sure. Don't overpay. Don't overdraft for them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Let's move on to uh, our one of the the final sections of our pod, our hometown plug. <laughs> and I'm uh, this is this is honestly probably going to just end up getting merged with uh, insult time. <laughs> I, just seeing that first one that you have. I, I can't hold myself back. I can't hold myself back. I gotta, gotta, go, just go for it. Go for You're it. You're gonna say something about the Sonics, aren't you? Of course I am. You're bringing up Key Arena. Okay, well, let me let me go into it before you go into that. But I just wanted to say I saw their, I mean, the arena looks great. They're redoing it. I've never been a fan of where, I, I don't think you have a lot of knowledge of Seattle, but where it is is like not anywhere close to where the other stadiums are. It's right. It's not far from downtown, and it's kind of residential around there, and it's just like very crowded city area, but not 
open space for stadiums, so it's it's going to be just a traffic nightmare. But I mean, the pictures look really nice. They have cool little neon signs of like <clears throat> like neighborhood areas and stuff like that. I think in these certain suites, and I think they're doing a really good job. It's way behind schedule, and I think they pushed it to fall of 2021 for the NHL team. But uh, props to them. I think it looks really nice, and yeah, go for it for the Sonics. Yeah, definitely. Judging from the pictures, you know, it's it's a it's an impressive uh, build out. You know. Um, the biggest issue with the original key arena, um, not enough square feet. You know, it, it was the building as a whole very small because it has not, it's like that weird little boxy shape. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, the, it's it's not a it's kind of like a it's like a pyramid it's like a circus tent kind of look. Yeah. It's got like a triangle top to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, and I know again, like you said, location's weird. Seattle Center, you know, the whole kind of World's Fair complex, super strange, but. Um, in general, the, the the architectural feat of just digging out the rest of Key Arena and just going below and building, you know, they they, mm-hmm. they basically the only thing they're keeping is the is the stupid roof. So, but you have to admit these pictures look really nice. Like I think it is going to be amazing once it's done. Oh yeah, no, it definitely does look nice. I, how much how much was the renovation? Oh, I don't know. It I all I know is that it pushed them back. A couple years. They were supposed to be fall twenty twenty and to push them back another year. Yeah, I, um, I here's a, here's a question: Would you rather have Kirin renovated or that proposed uh, stadium or pr- uh, proposed arena that was kind of by um, uh, I don't even know what you call them anymore. The football and the baseball one. They changed the link. They've and all changed uh, Mobile Park. Yeah, they they both changed names on me. Well, uh, no, CenturyLink has been CenturyLink for at least fifteen years, <laughs> like a while. It was Safeco, I it thought. Was, no, it was no, no, no. Okay, the Seahawks was Quest Field, and then it became gotcha. CenturyLink. You're right. You're right. Safeco Field turned into T-Mobile Park uh, year. I think last year was the first season, which I don't like. I would still call it Safeco Field. That's just me. Yeah. Um, but I, I would rather have it in that area. That area is like a big open industrial kind of area, so it's. It can handle traffic a little better. It's a little. It's easier for people to walk and get there because you can park downtown in certain areas and just walk. Like I know every time I've gone to a Seahawks or a Mariners game or something like that, my family and I have always parked like a mile or two away and just had a cool little walk through Pioneer Square, which is the really old part of Seattle. And then you just get right to the stadiums. That's cool. Versus Key Arena, parking is going to be tough. You might have to take a monorail or something. There's a monorail right there from downtown or something. <laughs> monorail. It, it's tough. Monorail. Yeah, no, that that does monorail. Monorail. <laughs> it worked for for Ogdenville, New Holdenville, and North Haverbrook. And by golly, it put them on the map. Um, God, monorail. Um, but yeah, no. Um, God, that does look weird. Um, is that your first time seeing the monorail in Seattle? I didn't know you had a monorail. I'm not going to lie. It's got a very short... So it was built with the World's Fair in 62. It's got a very short... You can take it from Seattle Center to like downtown right by the Nordstrom. It's it's a very short... Those are the only two stops. You just take it back and forth. Huh. Nice. But I, I know the I know the, um, the arena deal that was kind of in that area got um, shot down because it was going to remove a small section of road. <laughs> and uh, the people at the port said it was going to... That all the traffic there was going to ruin their business. Seattle loves doing like just the hardest thing possible. It's li- so. it's literally the reason why we have a team is because we just did shit 
mismanaged Seattle. No, no. Well, no, we were just like, hey, well, we want to build this stadium in Renton. You should do it. It's like $500 million. And they're like, no, we, we are citizens for more important things. And we're like, okay, we're leaving. We're trying to get that. Hell, Howard Schultz is trying to get that thing renovated for years. And they didn't care. They spat in him. Yeah, I know. I know. Thank you. Why don't you go to your. Just do your hometown plug. There's only one team you can plug. Shouts. There's very little things you can plug in Oklahoma City. I have two. I have two. It's a flat brown. It's it's less brown. It's light green now. It's getting better. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to plug the Thunder. So, hell of a run the boys have been on. Uh, they they are officially um, one game better than they were last year, so that's great. Beat the Celtics. Um, so they're making a run, you know, um, ahead of the, the Houston Rockets. That's great. And, uh, yeah, also going to go ahead and plug OU for beating TCU. I already did that. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, this this Thunder playoff run should be fun. We're probably going to... Yeah, that's plop. weird that they're fifth. That, I mean, that just must be like... A thorn in the side of the Houston people. They, they're done. Their window's done. Oh, I'm calling them done. Yeah. No. Are, are you putting the? I don't want to call it the Dun Chain, but are you going to put the Dun Chain on them? Yeah. Houston had their chance. They couldn't do it for multiple years in a row against Golden State. They choked. James Harden chokes. You should have. They thought they were adding a. I've always been an anti-Russ Russell Westbrook guy. He just makes the team worse, and he's very selfish and. Yeah, yeah. Not he, this year. Not this no, year. No, he's been great. About Harden's that, been horrible this year. This has been all Harden. Okay, but back in Oklahoma City, you guys kind of like dodged a bullet, like getting rid of him. You, It's like a weight coming off your chest. It was better. We made a better move. Don't get me wrong. And less expectations, and somehow they're just way outperforming because they got nothing to lose. Well, they're, they're playing team basketball is the thing. Yeah. The, Russell Westbrook does not play team basketball, and he's like a 20% three-point shooter so he's garbage yeah i i mean that's that's why he's been Spot better the lie. well no that's Spot why he's been, that's why he's been better this year because he's cut down on his three-point percentage like drastically mm-hmm. like he he just has been refusing to take threes passing the ball he's playing like the guy we wanted him to play in in oklahoma city for years he just needed to leave apparently to do that um the problem has been harden he's been on a historically bad cold streak um but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think in general Houston's issue is that that system they have with no center is just going to bottom out in the playoffs. It's not sustainable. Um, but the the Rockets have been losing some shitty teams, and they're all really mad in my mentions right now. Uh, <laughs> because they, they all always – all these Houston fans always talk shit. And, uh, yeah, just have to pepper them with it, and they get all upset. Just salt them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Bunch of snails. Anyway. Anyways, um, <laughs> moving on to our next segment. Yeah. Uh, have to transition out of that. You can talk about the Thunder forever. I, I can. Um, and you can listen to it on uh, on uh, Thunder Talk, my Thunder podcast. So. No free ads. Anyways. What? Um, Not for, so this free ad for us. So this next segment kind of came about because uh, Bobby and I discovered we have a mutual interest in sort of innovation and things that go on in sports business we did not know we had this interest until discussing it i don't know i don't know why you didn't know that i i literally read your uh your thesis because i because i was interested in it 
Yeah, but usually talking about sports history, you talk about old timey stuff. I didn't think you'd want to talk about like the new end of stuff. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm always into innovation. So let's talk about this innovation that you that you found uh, from the. Okay, go ahead. You you, so... you you read you read it. Yeah, this is your this is your thing you found. <laughs> um, so I, this week we're going to be discussing uh, for the Qatar 2022 World Cup, they are going to build floating hotels um let's see so there's gonna be 16 surfaces they look like 16 little houseboats they're like three or four deck things that are that are anchored to these docks and so there's gonna be 16 of them right on the persian gulf and they said they're gonna be 15 minutes from the stadium so they're gonna be close to the stadium um i assume they probably have some means of like assembling and breaking them down really quickly you know just not like these don't seem like very permanent things, but each, so they're four stories. Each building is going to house 101 guest rooms and have its own restaurant and lounge bar. So, I mean, it sounds like a really good time. 16 different mini hotels that there's just going to be partying going on before your World Cup game. And good for them. They're kind of moving away from, I think we've talked about this before, but moving away towards building all these permanent structures that once your event is done, like nobody uses, right? Like building, building all this infrastructure that is notorious in Olympics and world cups. And then they just, just fall apart and nobody uses them once they're done. So I, I get that. I just, I think every, I, I hate everything about the Qatar world cup. It's a disaster. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the death tolls from the construction in the stadiums. Astro- astronomical. It's, uh, let me just pull up a number real quick, but in general, the the whole vibe, I, I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I love I love these, but I also don't know like how the laws work over there in terms of partying and having a great time. Uh, I know they can be a little fickle in Qatar, um, but um, in general, I just I don't know. I, I think I think you need to start doing these massive events. At um, at just a couple of countries that can actually do these without you know breaking the bank. Um, yeah, I I'd agree with that. I've always been a little critical on like I understand that they want to take the Olympics to a bunch of other places, but uh, you know I've always been on the like why is there not more U.S. What like the U.S. is already perfectly built up to handle these sort of events and things. Like I'm I know we got the L.A. bid for 2026, but um. Yeah, I was talking about this in my sport development class. We were actually talking about the Qatar World Cup, but it's such a tiny little place, and they were building, like, seven stadiums for the World Cup, but they only have one or two soccer teams in the country because the country is only, like, a few miles or something. It's, like, it's yeah. tiny. And I was like... and So the whole thing that's been ongoing with the Olympics and the World Cup is, like, this needs to be more sustainable, and all they talked about with the seven new stadiums or something was, like oh, we're using all these, like, light fixtures and everything that are super energy efficient. And I was like, well, good for you, but it still doesn't answer the question of who who all is going to use these stadiums once you're done. Your country is not that big, and having, like, seven stadiums built, I don't care how energy efficient they are if they just crumble and go to waste once you're done. Exactly. It's like... It, I mean, look at Brazil. It's been a disaster. If you, mm-hmm. it, one of the Beijing in 08 was bad. It's also bad. The bird, the famous Bird's Nest Stadium, barely used. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of it's kind of fun, not fun because it's bad, but it's eerie looking at abandoned Olympic sites. Kind of creepy. Um, 
But I agree with you. Just play them in like Los Angeles. They don't even need to pay for anything. Everything's already there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to be like you know America only needs all the sports, but or even like Western Western Europe is pretty built up. I don't I don't think they had that much waste in London. I'd have to look that I, up. I th- but London did a good job of like repurposing. They had a lot there. Yeah. They, they, they had, had a lot, lot there already, there. and they repurposed it fine. I think I think World Cups need to be on a, like a rotation. Uh, I think if they did it like. Just rotate between South America, North America, you know, Europe. I, I guess maybe you could do like some some Asia, of course, South Africa. I don't know. It's tough. It's yeah. You just keep running into like all these other countries have this like slave labor stuff going on. People are just dying building these things, and they feel the pressure to build these beautiful, brand new things for people. But it's like. It would just be so much better for the country if it was a place that's already established. So, I agree. Some guy fell fell 130 feet and died mm-hmm. on Qatar. Um, there, FIFA has admit violation of worker standards. <laughs> um, it's not. I mean, it's not something to laugh at. But no, like, it's not. Kinda, it's not. No, but you you have to be like you have to laugh a little bit. You're just like. Didn't all this this stuff had to have been vetted in like their application process and everything, right? Like what? It's it's the fact that look, uh, apparently, like if if FIFA's even saying it, that's pretty bad. Some are there. Are, I believe the rumored number is one thousand two hundred workers who have who have died just trying to make this World Cup happen. Yeah, which is just that's just. It's sad, ridiculous. I don't know. I don't like it. I get, I, also, it's and, being played during football season. <laughs> and I mean, I I get the fact that they're trying to like I think show off these countries and everything. Like, wow, look at this place is so cool, and look at all these things they built. It's so nice. But I mean, to what extent? It's it, it's got to stop somewhere. I mean, it's just the death tolls and all the other disastrous stuff stuff to the communities and the towns that these are in, like. I, I don't think the appetite for this is going to... Like, they're, it's not going to last much longer. I think people are kind of done with it. Yeah. Especially years after, like, you were talking about Brazil, like, Rio, and these places that have had a few years to see what happens and how these haven't been used. Um, I think that's something they're going to look at they upcoming. All, they all end up with buyer's remorse every time. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I, I'm sorry that uh, you're the first edition of Stein Sports, like, Innovation Corner turned into a political, like... <laughs> Look at all these travesties, but <laughs> as I was like, "Wow, look at these cool floating hotels out of restaurant, a lounge bar," and you're like, "They're killing a thousand people." At <laughs> they a were time. built on blood. <laughs> no, okay. Next time we'll be more lighthearted. I, I... There's okay. My point was <laughs> full circle. My point was I'm hoping that these floating hotels and stuff are easily being able to break down easily or to repurpose into some kind of cool boat or something. Like, <laughs> They they look I mean just from the picture they look like you might be able to take them out like take them down and disassemble easily right yeah Hopefully. no I'm, I'm hoping I mean they, they they look great I would I would hang out there you know it looks really cool I'm just hoping it's not one of the, I mean Qatar's got a lot of money I think I'm hoping they don't I'm hoping it's not at the expense of everybody else but it sounds like it already is but yeah <laughs> you already you made it kind of sad I already I, I already soiled your <laughs> <laughs> really nice feature. I'm sorry. Yeah. Next time will be better. This is episode one. <laughs> so, do we have any happy times only? All right. So, do...
should we insult each other like now? Like bring up some OU Texas salt? Um, well, we were going to record this last week, so it was a little more prevalent then. But uh, Bobby, how about that? You want to talk about that basketball game last Tuesday night? Uh, again, I, I will say you're right. It would have been a lot more salty because that really screw, almost screwed OU, and then Texas when shaft the bed against our little brother and TCU double shot the bed too. Yeah, so it's like a double bad. So like I, I will say this. That was one of the most heartbreaking OU losses I'd seen in any sport. Oh, I love that. It was, I love that video that was like a few rows back from the hoop. That person captured that. You know exactly. I can see it on your face. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Everyone just starts chanting the Texas, Texas sucks, sucks yeah. or something. And then he misses both the free throws, Bobby. I can see you're starting to sweat over there a it, little bit. No, it ripped. Misses both the free throws, and then he drains it. It ripped my heart out, Indiana Jones style. Apparently, it was worse <laughs> in person because there were, like, several timeouts, and they had to review, and they, like, just kept turning <laughs> the knife. But, again, it's all okay now because uh, we double got. You, you got you, y'all got. you got double got. So you got got. You got got. So OU embarrassed your TCU uh, undergrad Horned Frogs. And then oh, but we're not a basketball school. Uh, so well, okay. and then Texas, who isn't an anything school, uh, track and field, oh, rowing. Well, I mean, track yeah, and, no, not, not rowing, track and field, swimming. I mean, our softball's like number three right now. Our swimming's always good. Oh, we'll see. We'll get to Oklahoma City. Uh, get to Oklahoma City. And uh, we'll, Sammy, Sammy's going to take on. Radler next year, October tenth. I'll see you. Okay. Well, he's he's lost to all four or all th- the, the three previous uh, OU quarterbacks. It's I mean, Kyler also lost to him. So we won the one that mattered, though. You, I mean, but you, you're leaving that out. You're like you lost to all of them, but he did lose. He did lose there, to all yeah. of them, but he's still one and three. I'm just looking forward to sweet, sweet victory. We're good. So. One, I'm going to have that beautiful sunburn on half of my face again <laughs> on that Texas side. And then it's either that or if we sit close to each other somehow, it's just going to be the back of our neck on that side. It's just going to be roasted alive unless the press box covers it. Yeah. And then uh, I think we have to um, have to keep the neck tattoo bed up this time. We we never follow through on our bets. We, ne- we never followed through on the slap bet, really. Like, kind of, but not really. Well, the, what happened? Okay, because we made the slap bet last year, or 2018, when we won yeah. Red River, and I didn't want to, like... Weren't we, like, out at the bars? Or, no, no, we didn't We didn't, see each, we didn't see each other. I stayed out after the game, and I oh, fell asleep. Oh, we didn't... Because you fell asleep, and we're in just sorrow. So I didn't get to see you until that spring when you came down. And then, oh, and, you had already won again, so it was, like, no, negated. Well, and then we're, like, out at the bars, and what am I going to do? Just, like... Just slap you across the face, super. Well, hard also, well, well, also, we were negated. Oh, you won. You know, it, oh, yeah, it's so a it rolling like, bet. It's like a rolling just, slap. Just two bet. little. It was like a little, yeah. Good radio. But right I think here. The, I think the neck tattoo is a good move. We have to make sure. I'm going to make sure my phone is fully charged up this time. Yeah, and that you know you aren't because the service <laughs> the service is slow with like a hundred thousand people in there, and you're just your phone drains from the heat and everything, and then you're just. Wandering around ordering cheesy fries and beer. Well, <laughs> just no, horrible. I was I was waiting in an hour line because uh, Ty's wife was trying to get some fried cream corn, and I didn't I didn't even I don't even like cream corn. I was just waiting there, and I didn't even have a beer with me. It was I was just sitting here melting, listening to A and M fans just. Just the Aggies just drone on, and then I was I was getting those like loaded fries, and then 
every like multiple times within five minutes these guys these OU guys would always keep coming up to my front time they'd be like oh sorry sorry man like it was a really good game like blah blah, blah. we're like does he look super sad or something or like <laughs> these guys just kept coming up to us and I'm just like I'm just trying to eat my loaded fries over here and drink my beer as I was starting to shake as the hangover from the night before kicked in after waking up at like 6 30 to get there or something the the post-game shakes are really tough it's 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 a tough comeback i went home had my sunburn nap and then it was time to get ready for the night <laughs> see it, it's hard to recover you, you you saw that from from last night you did you at least got a nap though i didn't get a nap really last yeah, year it was, it was like 40 minutes but it was i think the biggest struggle was like my phone was dying and making sure I had enough to order an Uber, wait the 20, 30 minutes for the Uber, even though I had walked like over half a mile away. Yeah. And then still have enough battery to call Dylan to let me in the apartment so I could go take my nap. I fell asleep at Punchbowl Social. Like, I was out <laughs> by nine. It was bad. Uh, so, anyways, that's, that's such a gentle texas ou insult time it, it was super gentle i don't know it's like oh man remember the time we all kind of died together at the state fair <laughs> we the thing is we're too even right now i, I don't I, I don't have any well, it's just it's just out of season it's just hard to tell if anything i insulted seattle far more than i insulted texas that's true uh, yeah no. even though seattle is a i mean superior city to oklahoma city i don't anything nobody would argue with that oh yeah no that's not even close that's part of the reason why it's so funny <laughs> that that's half when you lose your basketball team back to Seattle it's going to be really tough. That that won't that won't happen so. Uh got a lot of power players in Seattle I think it Yeah, where where were they in 2007? Nowhere, that's where. So. Anyways, there we go. I just got the double bird. So, <laughs> let's wrap this thing up. Uh Chris, so how do you think we did for our first time? It was good. This was a long one. Yeah, we we'll have to <laughs> it's an hour and a half. Oh man! Well, I, mean, we, I felt like we were entertaining. You just go with it. Yeah, I thought we were entertaining. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll trim this down in future episodes, but we'll trim it down. We'll bring some people on. We'll have Jackson Beecham on as for Masters because he's his failing podcast. Please, I, oh God, Beecham's gonna listen to this. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh God, damn it! <laughs> Why do you? We're gonna try to get some interviews on. Are we trying to start a war with BH Bunker? <laughs> I'm also starting a war, Renegade Jim, on the hot seat. Oh. I sent you two DMs, man. You could respond. I sent you a funny meme too. You worked hard. It was a custom meme. It's BS. Yeah, he just... I see that blue check mark two times in a row. He just read it and didn't respond. Damn, damn. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Okay. Uh, Chris, anything we want to say? Sign off? No, I'm just... Uh, man, I'm just... It's a weird It's a weird sports time. I think we'll have to... We'll know some more stuff next week. Hopefully, once we, we see Championship Week and all that play out a little bit, we'll have a little more to talk about. Yeah. Not much going on. A couple good NBA games, but those were... Was that a few days ago and stuff? So yeah, in a little bit of limbo this week, but I think we went with it pretty well. Yeah, for sure. I thought we did pretty good. So yeah, well, thank you all so much for listening. First edition of uh, Rival Talk. Uh, please hit us up with any, you know, uh, any feedback. Rate us five stars, and we will see you next week where we'll talk a little bit of conference championship week. Love and, you guys. Yeah. Okay. PFT. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye, y'all.